Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection of relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. We're so glad you joined us. We are so excited that you have joined us for another episode of Coffee and Conversations. Today, Christian and I have a great friend in studio, and thank you guys are going to enjoy this. Of course, we always want to hear from you. If you'd like to send us an email, we are still using coffeeconvospodcast at gmail.com. That's going to be changing soon. We're going to be moving uh, our podcast into a website and app that will merge for the organization that Christian and I both work for, Kiko. But we'll update you as that's happening. But um, hey, tell me a little bit, this coffee that we're sipping on, it's pretty uh, pretty tasty. Yeah, it is still a Gucci. A uh, what? The Gu- oh, the Gucci. Gucci. Yeah, the yeah, handbags. Yeah, the Gucci from Ethiopia from Bren Coffee here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Sweet. Uh, so, Bren still operating the coffee trailer. Coffee trailer, Monday right through Friday, to 7 to 10.30, Fellowship, Fellowship North, North. Yep. Saturday, every other Saturday until May 1st, or that first weekend in May, then it's every weekend. Um, and we're still... We'll, at we'll, the farmer's market. Yeah, they will still be at the farmer's market outside of the Civic It hasn't moved yeah. yet? It has not moved. <sighs> Yeah, we had rumors that it was going to move, on, but it was only it was, going it was only the square. Wednesday, oh. the only the Wednesday market. Okay, so well, hopefully soon enough it'll move back. Um, we just I know a lot of people are not local; some are, but you can go to his website, brincoffee.com, I believe. It's it linked in the bio. Yeah, it'll be linked right here. Where as you're listening, they have a great roast of uh, multiple uh, beans that you can select and. I mean, get some sent to your house. I think you will not regret it. Uh, we'll hopefully have some others that we'll showcase and share um, that are from our community. We have some great ones that we'd love to hear from you as well. But hey, as we dive in today, my friend that we've got here is Jay Smith, uh, pastoring during pandemic, um, making some major shifts and changes. Oh, yeah. um, but I just want people to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, yeah. just what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm... Uh Father of four, married for 10 years now. Come on. Yep. And my wife is a nurse, currently pregnant with our fourth. Um, yeah, so I uh, started with actually working with my family's business here in town. He's been a business owner for 30 years. And so worked there for about six years before going into vocational ministry or pastoral ministry. Okay. Yep. And uh, that was quite the journey. But uh, where we are right now, yeah, pastoring in a pandemic. Did and you ever picture yourself going into ministry at all? Uh, was that in the back of your mind? Well, I so I had this really unique encounter with the Lord when I was 19, and it kind of revolves around asking Him if this is what He wanted me to do. I had some specific prayers that really came to fruition right then, and so I knew that was coming. I didn't know when or how, Yeah. but uh, so that's kind of how I figured it was it was coming, and then how it came when I was what, 25, uh, after coming back here in town uh, from being a graduate of Liberty University, coming back, uh, and then that coming to fruition is is really another God story miracle. And that's how I know I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. But yeah. I don't think I ever would have chose it for myself had not God really clearly told me some things. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody should choose ministry for themselves. I'll just be honest. <laughs> like, if it's not God's call in your life, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it will eat you alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad you're in the seat that you are, though. And tell us a little bit, though, I guess, about that journey, just what it's like, any of the big fence post moments and with your family, yeah. uh, any of the things that really stick out that have shaped you, and, and especially the individuals that have kind of spoken into your life. Yeah. So I, th- I think when I was really young, uh, 
my grandmother actually was one. She she uh, would come babysit me when I was a kid while both of my parents were working. So my dad starts a business when I'm one years old, uh, doesn't take a paycheck till I think I'm 13 years old, wow. something like that. And so my mom was a working nurse. And so my grandmother pretty much like raises me as a kid, you know? And yeah. so uh, her husband was a pastor. And so she just shepherded me along at these really young years. And I remember her speaking some things into my life, just teaching me about the things of God and, and those always sticking with me. And then um, I guess when I'm, when I'm 19, just kind of have this moment where I'm like, all right, I'm at the crossroad. I've read the book, you know, and I look at the story of Acts and I'm like, either this book is real or it's not. Yeah. And then just praying according to what the book said, not what I really wanted to believe or thought was true, but I looked in and I'm like, all right, in Acts, like the Holy Spirit comes on people to do this work. And so, hey, God, if this is really what you want me to do, come upon my life in a way that I can't deny so that I know that you've sent me mm. <laughs> and, and I'll do it. But like, if you don't, I'm not. <laughs> just yeah. frank, I'm just not yeah. doing this unless this book comes to fruition in my life. And honestly, age 19, that's exactly what happened. Wow. And I've never, I never got over it. Like that moment is etched in my mind. But I was at a service where Clayton King was actually speaking. I don't know if you know who that is. He's one of the pastors at New Spring, but he came to Liberty and like invited people forward if they felt like there may be a call in their life to be in ministry. And I'm like, I'm, I'm the worst of the worst, to be honest with you. Like if I could go in the background, like I just went off the rails in every way of my life. And then in this moment, I'm still like, but I still believe there's a call in my life. Yeah. And so at that call, he was like, come on down. And I mean, everybody's been a part of those before. I have never gone down in front of anybody at any point. And I went forward and I, I honestly, I wasn't emotionally moved. Like there's nothing about this that I feel like I'm weepy or cry. I'm nothing. But I go forward and I'm like kneeling with everybody. And I'm just like, well, this is weird, but God, here's my prayer. And so yeah. I prayed pretty much what I told y'all. And man, I don't know what happened. Like I still to this day, it felt like something poured out of heaven and like hit me and went all over my body to the point I'm like, I wept so hard. People around started comforting me because they were so, they were like, are you well? Are you okay? Like, yeah. I don't know anybody, but I'm like, I'm like sobbing to the point I can't see anybody. Like, and people were just like, are you okay? Like, no, I don't, I still like, that's a fog in my mind, but I left mm -hmm. that place. Wow. And I remember calling all of my friends who were at UT at the point, at that moment and telling them, and they all thought I had lost my mind. Yeah. They were like, oh, he went crazy. He drank the Kool-Aid, you know? Yeah, yeah. I knew if he went to Liberty. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But, uh, but now, you know, I mean, it's, it's so interesting just to see uh, the faithfulness of God and then those same people calling now, being like, man, like, I really wish I had walked that direction, you know? Wow. And so that's kind of where, where I am now. But then stepping into ministry was a whole nother thing. So coming back to this town... Um, I guess working for my father in a warehouse was a real shift uh, because I have that. So I'm, I'm like going bouncing too much back and forth, but like I have this encounter with the Lord and then I, I am so excited. I'm going to leave uh, Liberty. I told God I'm going to leave this school because I want to tell people about you. Like wherever I go, I want to tell people. Yeah. You had a moment, you're re you think you're ready. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't even care. Like I'm yeah. by faith, I'm just going. You know, yeah. that's me. Wow. I'm all in. Yep, yep. And I said, or give me a, a reason to stay here or but I want to go to schools, I want to go to I, wherever. I'm just going to go to parks, I don't care. Um so the next week this girl comes to me and she was like, "Hey, you should 
tryout for this trampoline basketball dunk team here at Liberty. <laughs> That's the most random. That's the most liberty thing I've ever heard. Most liberty thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird. And uh, I go to this thing. I'm like, man, that'd be kind of cool. I love (laughs) athletic stuff, and I I just love sports. And so I go and I try out for this team. It's a team. Yeah, it's like a team. It's like acrobatic. You've seen the halftime shows where they do like the flips and all that stuff. That was you. And you had to try out for it. I had to try out for this team, right? And so I go, I try out, and. I go, they call me back for this interview and they're like, Hey, you need to know like what this really is. Like, yeah, we do all this, but like what we do is we go into assemblies and schools and yeah. we go to parks and we share the gospel. And I was like, it was a tool. Whoa, what? Like both of the things that I wanted to do, That's like I cool. love both of these things. So I, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so while I was in college, I traveled from like Miami to New York. Like we just went everywhere and I shared the awesome. gospel is where I learned when I started sharing. And so that ends. I come back to Knoxville. I work at my family's business. In a warehouse. In information technology, and I work in a warehouse. I remember moving Mm. boxes, you know? And I'm like, well, God, like, you came to me in this way. Like, now you got me moving boxes. What am I doing here? Yeah. And uh, I I think in that moment, I learned so much because God really spoke something to my spirit. And he just said, "Um, Jay, prepare as if you were going and move that box for me. And I was like, okay. So what I learned in that moment was like what nobody sees and God sees is like some character building stuff that I think today I look back and say, if I didn't have that moment, if I didn't have those years of doing things where nobody was witnessing, but literally moving boxes to the point like do as unto the Lord. So whatever I'm doing right now is for you. And all the way through thanking him and praising him as I move boxes prepare me to do things that are now on a stage. Yeah. Uh, but that was such character building for me in my life. I really needed it. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, um, ministry comes along after five years of being in a warehouse. Um, really saw God do some cool things in a warehouse, honestly. Yeah. But me and a coworker started praying every single morning together, and we just had this burden to pray. We started praying for revival in our city, whatever it looked like. Uh, God, use us. Here was our prayer. Uh, Father, write a story with our life so crazy we can't make it up, but so crazy when we speak it that the world knows it's you. That was yeah. every morning we started praying this prayer. And we're like, we don't know what you could do from a warehouse, but like do it. And and That's I think awesome. you can. So um, we're praying that. And I randomly, like not long after that, honestly, probably like six months, uh, I get a call from a guy who's coming from Louisiana to Knoxville. And... Uh, He's going to be the pastor at First Baptist Concord. And I never, I mean, I'm like a nobody, you know? And this guy calls me on the phone, on my cell phone. And he was like, hey, man, like, you don't know me, but like, I'm going to be the pastor at First Baptist Concord. And I'm like, yo, that's like, that's like the biggest church in this, one of the biggest churches in the city. Like, those kind of pastors don't just call warehouse workers, it feels (laughs) like, you know, in my mind. And, uh, and I was like, okay. He said, well, I need to get with you soon because, uh, to be honest with you, uh, we have we have a connection. And I was like, okay. He was like, your grandfather led me to Jesus when I was in high school. And I was like, shoot. And he was like, your grandfather was my pastor. And when he led me to the, led me to Jesus, he said, when I was a freshman in high school, he called me at school one day and he said, I want you, I want to help you write your first sermon. You're going to be a pastor one day. And so he pulls this kid out of school as a freshman in high school to do a Sunday night service for him, helps him write his first sermon. And he said, Jay, it was on that stage that I said, this is what I'll do for the rest of my life. Wow. 
And he said, and I called your grandfather to tell him I was taking a new job. And he said, John, what you don't know is, he said, my grandson's got a call in his life. And he's at that church. And you can mentor walk with him the way I walk with you. And so he said, Jay, honestly, I'm, I feel, you're my final confirmation to come to Knoxville, and I need to pour my life into you. I was like, shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> this like, is ridiculous. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's it's all just burst in prayer. Like, yeah. there, there's no, I didn't, I didn't go looking for it. I couldn't have conjured it up. I couldn't have created this story. Like, yeah. It's a story so crazy, I couldn't make it up. Like, yep, yep. But you tell it to people, and they're like, what's the odds of that? I, That's got to be God. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. a guy praying in a warehouse. And then I started a church because then he comes to me about six months later, and he's like, hey, I need you to start groups with uh, college students as a volunteer. I'm like, all right. So we do that. And then he's like, hey, you want to start a church? And I told God I would just say yes. Like, wow. I'll say yes to you. And that was one of the moments that was turning for me because now you're saying leave your family business, and do this? I don't know about that. What was uncomfortable had become comfortable. Oh, yeah. I mean, security? Yeah. Finding security, at least, in something? Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I had a real decision moment there, but I'm, I'm grateful for a, a father who never pushed me one way or the other, just uh, really encouraged me on to, to go follow the Lord. And so I just said yes. And so I've uh, been in vocational ministry now, Planted a church five and a half years ago, and still going at it today. So that church now is called Midtown Community, Midtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people can find you. Where, where can they find out about Midtown and what, what uh, Mid- doing there? Uh, yeah, you can check it out on, on our website, midtownknox.org, and then uh, YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, all the all the social places. All of those. We can link those in yep. the description. That'll Put be awesome, Christian. Yeah. So tell me, so you, you've stepped out in faith here mm-hmm. from some financial security, working with the family. Uh, business and and I, I know that road for church planners is not easy. And you were at uh, West Hills for a while, uh-huh. right there in the school and yeah. doing some outreaches in the parks nearby. And mm-hmm. just tell us a little bit about those years because yeah. you talk about the formative years in the warehouse, but then there's a different season of formation mm-hmm. as a church planner. Oh yeah, um, I think church ministry, honestly, for me, was almost shipwrecking for me. If I can be really honest, yeah. you sit in the in the seat of a church and you have a perception of one thing and then you get behind only to see another. And um, it's no indictment on, like I'm, I'm careful because we're all broken people and, and we're walking through our own stuff. But when I got in the church, I realized I believed more in prayer outside the church than inside. Mm. And I really questioned whether I was just a fool when I got in there because I wasn't as smart as people. Like I was like, man, I I just don't know what they know. Maybe, and <laughs> I look back and I'm like, why ever doubt what you what you saw God do in miraculous ways? But I started to, I really did because, and there wasn't a focus of of prayer. There was a focus of like leadership principle, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. becoming the best leader and being strong. And this is how you get strong. You can grow influence this way or that way. And, but I mean, there was never like this commune with God, get revelation from the King. Like none of that. It was, this guy's writing this really insightful book for us and we're digesting it. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but when it takes the, the precedent of communion with God, where you look in, mm. in the book of Acts and these guys are like, hey, we don't got time to run a food kitchen. We got to do prayer in the word. And then we're we're getting revelation to be able to give to others like 
that element is still something I think I want to hold on yeah. dearly in a day where everybody's pursuing knowledge. And that seems yeah. very familiar in the early church when people are pursuing knowledge. Let me introduce you to true knowledge, the person of Jesus, you know? Uh, but that for me was really almost shipwrecking. And um, I got deeply wounded and like it began to, I began to go internal. Like I just went mm. inward and forgot everything. And um, to be honest with you, there's a couple, I don't know what pastoral ministry, if you're a pastor listening to this, you'll really understand, but like the people that you never expect to hurt you end up hurting. And I heard it said like this in any vocation, it's the punch you never see coming that hurts the worst. Yeah. You know, like in a fight, (laughs) it's the, it's the punch when you look in this way, you get KO'd. And uh, that happened just a couple of times to me, man. Like, and I was really at the point where like I was having physical like pain in my chest, man. Like always, I couldn't go to sleep. I just honestly, like at night I was like closet, like drinking and just trying Mm -hmm. to like numb whatever I was feeling. And I was like, I just, I just don't want to exist like this anymore. Like I hate this. And um, I told God, like, if if this is how it's going to be, like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't want to end up like some of these other guys that I'm watching in the news that end up like <laughs> pill addicts or drug addicts and they're, they're on stages like preaching messages. Like, that was going to be me, y'all. Mm-hmm. And um, I just told him again, I said, look, if you don't show up, come out. Like, I, I didn't ask for this. And... Uh, he really took me on a journey, man, to, to back to the beginning, the basics. It was like a full circle for me. What I tell you to do in the beginning, Jay, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I haven't been doing any of that stuff. I'm not praying. I'm not communing with him. I'm not enjoying him. I'm not sharing. I'm sharing from a stage, but nowhere else, you know? And um, so I, st- I hit the streets, man. I really hit the street. And I just started talking to people. And then in walks a guy to my church one day. And is a guy who just, it was something different about this guy. And he said to me, he said, man, hey, Jay, while you were preaching, he said, I saw something. Hmm. He said, I saw a guy, his name is Kevin. He's at Smoothie King. He's got a black shirt on, something red on it. And I was like, this guy, that's the weirdest thing somebody said to me in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, he said, I think we should go look for him. And I was like, all right, Loki, this guy's got, a guy named Kevin that he knows that works down at Smoothie King, you know, <laughs> and owns this shirt. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's the Smoothie All King the shirt? Time. And we about to go find him, and he's going to murder me after, you know? So I get one of the biggest guys, friends I know. I'm like, <laughs> hey, bro, so you funny. come down here. So this guy don't murder me because I don't know him. And uh, we go down to Smoothie King. This guy walks into Smoothie King, and he's talking to the girl up front, and he's like, hey, does Kevin work here? She's like, no. Like, real straight face, too. And he was like, do you know a Kevin? She's like, no, just almost irritated. <laughs> the weirdest conversation. It was right? so yeah. weird. It was so uncomfortable too in there, and everybody's like staring at us, and he's at the counter, and um, just order like, your power smoothie. I'm like, bro, let's just get out of here. This is the most awkward moment of my life, honestly. And um, he said, "Well, do you care if I pray for you?" And he said, "You used to play an instrument when you were young." And she was like, "No, like just another no, just like getting weird about it." And he was like, "Well, let me pray for you." She's like, okay. And he like holds her hands. And in the middle of her prayer, I'm like watching. He's praying over this girl. In the middle of this prayer, she like looks up and she starts to cry. And I was like, what is happening? And he finishes and she goes, 
well, I need to tell you, I played the piano when I was really young. And he was like, I knew it. And uh, he encouraged her to step back into playing piano, just have a creative outlet in her wow. life. And she was like, thank you so much. And I don't even know like how it ministered to her in that way, but like she was just like undone. And he was like, well, listen, if Kevin walks here in a few minutes, like tell him three guys are looking for Kevin. And I'm like, okay, this is so weird. <laughs> like, it's not here yet, but like so much faith that it's, it is here. Yeah. We're going to find Kevin. We go out in the parking lot and there's this giant crowd of people across the way. And we start walking out of the door and he was like, well, let's go, just go talk to these people. And the first guy we walk up to is this, is this Asian guy. He's standing in the middle of this parking lot. And uh, he goes, hey man, what's your name? And the guy goes, Kevin. It's just <laughs> course, like that. It's course. just like that. And, uh, but here's, here's the, the reason why I say it like that is because he couldn't speak any English, no English, nothing other than my name is Kevin. And I was like, this dude's name is not Kevin. I don't even know what his name is, but it ain't Kevin. Wow. And he's got a black shirt on with a giant red Adidas symbol on it. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Hmm. And he was like, bro, you can't understand, but can I pray for you? <laughs> Just motioning to him that like, this is what we have to do. And he was like, Yes, yes. And so, like, we pray for this guy. I don't know what happens, neither does he, because we got this language barrier or whatever. But it took me on a journey. It's like, this guy helped me see, like, don't you know the scriptures say you can pray yeah. anything in belief and you've got it? Pray according to God's will is yours. Yeah. And we were sent to minister to somebody, so God's going to tell you who to minister to? Come on. I'm like, well, I know that's in the Word, but, like... <laughs> but I don't see it. But, like... But you know, yeah, yeah, we got the planning meeting to help me figure all that out. No, no, I got leadership principles to follow. I, I know. I mean, honestly, but that's mm. what it brought me back to, like the 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 elementary principle that, like, it's so easy, but unless you come as a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. You forget that principle, and you forget that it's so simple, uh, and it's this way to shame those who believe that they're wise. God set it up this way so that nobody can be wise before God. God is the wisdom. And uh, when we attach our lives to that, then heaven can actually be experienced in us and through us. And so I just went on this Come journey, on. man, where we just started walking the streets doing this. And man, honestly, like it's been incredible just to see all that God does on the street just by praying, not going on your own uh, ideals or intuition, but praying on it and letting God reveal who to connect to. Yeah. And you don't do anything in your own ideas or understanding. Everything is given to you to go do. It's when you connect with him on what he's accomplishing already, then you can be a part of that heavenly movement. Yeah. But we're really not responsible and cannot do anything outside of the power of God. That's and it. so we've got to connect to the power of God, and he wants us to. Yeah. He's a good father who actually wants to give you these good things. He wants to invite us into all this. But I believe that our our own understanding and wisdom have really got in the way of connecting to something that we don't have access to in and of ourselves. It is from the king, yeah. but he wants us to connect with him. So people that are listening right now, Jay, are like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> I've grown up in the church. I, I even graduated from CAK. Like, I, I Surely not. But here's the deal. I want to challenge you to read the Gospels one more time, mm -hmm. especially John. Yep. about how Jesus is only going to do the work that he already sees his Father doing, and that the Spirit, like a wind, but like mm -hmm. read the language and let God speak to you, and then read Acts after you read those Gospels again, especially John, yep. and watch how those apostles and disciples 
are translated yeah. to places, to a place where God needed them, oh, yeah. to speak to an individual exactly in the moment, in the time, and in the way mm-hmm. that God would lead them, and, and yet we've somehow abandoned that model of where the Spirit would lead. He's going mm-hmm. to put us in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. and that's how the kingdom's going to grow, um, whether it's from masses of people to individuals. Right. It's the Spirit's leading and His empowerment. So I just encourage people, listen to what the Spirit is saying to you. Read those Gospels. Go through Acts again. See what He's doing today in your life. And I would encourage them, hey, come to Midtown, a church that's meeting inside a church right now. North Star's uh, opened their doors to you, which has been beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, So humbling to see the kingdom mindset there. But you're at four o'clock on Sundays, is that yeah, correct? Yeah. So I would just encourage people that yeah. are listening now. But I don't, I don't want to interrupt your story. No, no, We're going to keep man. going. Yeah. But man, I just sense there's probably some folks listening. Like, yeah, I don't know. I've not yeah. experienced that. No, yet. I know. That's yet. exactly what. That's exactly what I did for about a year. Even, even seeing prayers answered. But like, I felt the same way, and I realized that I had lived a lot in my deep assumptions of what I believed, but my assumptions were rooted in nothing, nothing, Mm -hmm. other than my experiences in the past. And when I began to ask the Lord to humble my heart to really see the truth, God, show me your truth, not the one I want to believe or have created for myself. God, show it to me. It's then that God Mm -hmm. started really showing me and allowing me to see where I'd put faith in that wasn't really worthy of my faith. Yeah. You spoke on John. I think that that book is the one that really reshaped a lot of what I started to believe because even the metrics of what I had begun to believe for success in ministry mm. and how to do ministry, here's how we do it in the West. I started looking at the model of Jesus. How did Jesus reach the whole town of Samaria? He stops at a well mm-hmm. and talks to somebody who's the outcast of that town. That's how the entire town gets reached. Yeah. What sense does that make? I'm going to go reach the entire town of Knoxville. I'm going to find the one that nobody cares about and reach that one, and that's how the whole town is going to get. That makes no sense, and nobody yeah. is... That's not a leadership principle anybody would adhere to. No. But it's the one that Jesus models for us, that like who the Father gives him right in front of him, thus this is who he needs to be with, you know? And that's the situation where he gives that statement of, I have food you know not of, when his disciples come back. Like, what? Somebody already brought you Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Like, are you serious? Like, no, you don't, you still don't get it, disciples. That's right. Because I think one of the biggest things, you just said assumptions, I think one of the hardest things that Jesus combated and is the same today is our assumptions are rooted in our traditions, but when those traditions are not the same as what the traditions or happenings of God are, then we're in conflict to understand what he is currently doing. Yeah. And we can't understand it, and we then won't be able to participate in it. Yeah. So this is in our city, this is in our personal lives, this is in our community, this is nationally, this is globally. We won't be able to discern it right. without that. Yeah, that and that's what Colossians open. 2 really says to us, like, see to it that no one takes you captive by empty philosophy. And human tradition literally says that. See to it. Like, make sure. And it would have said that warning to us because it's actually easy to happen to each one of yeah, us. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, it has and is still happening to me. I have to be humble enough to admit that and go, God, can, keep showing me, keep changing me, keep molding me. I'm not there yet, but I'm going, I'm going with you, you know? And that's okay. The journey's okay to be on. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's just a beautiful thing. But as I thought about continuing John in that conversation is so important because the girl asked, how do I get this water? 
And then later he's talking to Nicodemus like right then, and he said, you got to be reborn. How can I possibly get reborn? They both want to know how to do the thing. How do I do this thing? And Jesus is like, it's not, it's not how, it's who. Yeah. And who wants to commune with you? And when you commune with the who, all the how gets taken care of. But you can't fathom the how. You can't create how. You can't even envision it outside of the person of Jesus. Come on. Just do the character of Jesus. And the character of Jesus cares about the woman at the well. Caring about the woman at the well will do everything you ever wanted to do. But that's never how you thought. Because it won't bring glory to you. It'll bring glory to your father who does things that you can't possibly A story so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah. It's the wisdom of God. Yeah. So everybody goes, that's God. (laughs) That guy's pastoring. That guy. Who is it? Don't, don't we know who that guy is? Confounding <laughs> the wise. Like, that's what happens, though. Oh. Like, and that's why I want to stay in, and, and I'm fighting the fight of faith to stay there because it's challenging. Like, it that's is. a war to stay in that. To slip back to what's normal, comfortable oh. around us. And what's admired. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Jesus was in most, like fighting what was admired by everybody, only to find out that they, they admired what he did more, but it also brought the greatest divides in all of these things. Absolutely. I'm refreshed and encouraged as I hear of like-minded people in our city oh, and yeah. beyond that are like, God's doing a new thing. Yeah. And it's not like, my new thing is going to be the same as your new thing. Let's do this new thing together. It's like, no, he's he's doing a new thing through me and through you, and it's different, and right. it's, yeah, I love it. I'm yeah. so encouraged to see this is happening in our city. Yeah, heck yeah. God's, so, so God's kingdom come to Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Jeez. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, man. Christian, you want to do a little bit of rapid fire and then we'll jump back into some of his yeah. I, uh, stories. He already answered one of them with the most bizarre. It'd be looking for Kevin. But <laughs> that is good. <laughs> that is like, I'm like, yeah. Just like pausing and thinking, cliffhanger. What is going on? Oh, there's a, there's a few more if you want to go. I'm, yes. I'd, go I'll go story after story with some more of those. Especially with this. We'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, rapid fire. Uh, Jay, what's your favorite movie? That's the one that you can oh, turn man. on the TV. It's in the middle of it, but you can still sit down, watch it. So there's a couple, man. Like, I'm a kid at heart. I I think Home Alone is honestly, like, one of my, just one of my favorite movies. And then Sandlot is just, that brings me back to those, that. and uh, But, like, I'm also, like, I like the action thrillers, so... I'm a John Wick fan. Like I'm, a, I, I okay. you know, I just, yeah, it's a little bit violent, but like I just, I, I enjoy a good like shoot 'em up movie every yeah, now and then. This but, spectrum was all over the place. Yeah. From, so, Home Alone from a to kid to like <laughs> shoot 'em up John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Kill Bill. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kill Bill. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Jay, what's your most influential book or person? So I could be a podcast. besides the Bible. Yeah. Besides the Bible. Okay. Okay. We assume that one. Man, honestly, my podcast. Uh, that I really listen to, like on on religion for me is uh, is uh, Tim Keller's. Yeah, I really I love his exposition of the scripture. He really helps me understand things, and so that's that's my go to. Um, man, my my favorite book, it's uh, shoot, that's really tough for me. There's there's a book that I read. It's it's on basically the the psychology of deliverance kind of thing. Mm. But uh, I really enjoyed that one. I also enjoyed um, Bill Johnson's uh, Heaven Invades Earth. That really helped me a lot, honestly. And that's one of the books that really challenged the way I thought 
in a way that I'd never heard. And I had to go search some things because I was like, that really beats against what I want to believe. <laughs> I don't know if that's it. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, some of it, I'm like, yeah, some of it I can really vibe with. And some of it I'm still really challenged by. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. And that's okay. Yeah. But that's one that's really, really af- affected kind of my my walk. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I think one of the early ones was Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire for me. That was like one of the earlier books that I read yeah. that really challenged my my prayer life a little Brooklyn bit. Tab. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Simbla. He spoke yeah. at Liberty. He really challenged me. He was good. But those are, yeah, some of those, man. Those. Yeah. When you were talking about um, moving boxes, I was getting some uh, Brother Lawrence vibes. On. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just the... Just like, what am I doing? You yep. know, move that box for me. Right. And it's like, Brother Lawrence, like, wasn't he? A, oh, yeah, he was like in the kitchen, like cleaning yeah, and cleaning, stuff. Yeah, wash those dishes. Yeah, sweep, sweep the walkway. Yeah, every day. Yeah, like, do it for me. But yeah. practice in the presence of God and everything in everything yep. you do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jay, go to comfort food. Oh my goodness, I love comfort food, man. You like to eat? Oh man, any like fried chicken, uh, cheeseburgers. I, like my guilty pleasure is Taco Bell. <laughs> like I love some Taco Fourth Bell. Meal. Oh yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> so I'd probably say that, man. Like my my bad comfort awesome. food is probably Taco <laughs> Bell. <laughs> well, we have a leader at Kiko. He calls Taco Bell Taco Ding Dong because like the bells Ding Dong. Yeah, but he yeah. won't call it Taco. He's like, can we go get Taco Ding Dong? I'm like, I don't. No, I'm good. Yeah. there, man. I have to admit they changed their menu so much during the pandemic. Everywhere, I've not been back. Everywhere it did. I'm ashamed of that. Cheesy gordita no. crunch, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, really. I haven't been to Taco Bell. The tostada's gone. The you're tostada. go, you're gonna go soon, though. Yeah. I know that. We're street taco guys. Yeah, Laraduro. <laughs> yeah. That's where we go, man. It's our jam. Uh, favorite out outdoor activity? Pickleball. That's my new jam. Come on. So I'm I'm almost positive that's the next thing for yeah. all of us to start playing. For sure. It's already here. It is here. We're just not there yet. I've just I I held a racket this week. And hung it back up. I looked at the the, the three sets of spike ball pickleballs. was there. It was a, it was like everything for six years. Pickleball's pickle about ball, to be it. Pickleball though. is, is it's right. like that mid I'm mid thirties now in my age, <laughs> and so it's like just a good pace for me. You know, that's where so I feel fun. like I got some good cardio. But, but you're still I'm getting whooped like, by some six year olds. That's the potential. That's why yeah. I love it though. Like you could still be sixty and whip up on any age on. or like even old. I mean it doesn't matter. But yeah. yeah. Thrive just had a big pickleball yep. tournament. That's for awesome. Fundraiser. Go to your local rec center. That's where they're at. <laughs> that's right. Let's do it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and finally for rapid fire is the we've already heard one bizarre ministry experience yeah, yeah. but you said you had a couple yeah so let's hear maybe one more okay let's see so probably my the next one was man i'll give you one last night last night okay so i got a brand new group of people walking so i hear these people hear these stories and they're like yeah we'll see okay let's come check <laughs> but, it out yeah, yeah yeah but i found that god will honor that yeah and he loves them so much, man, and he's so graceful. He helps them experience. And so I'm walking with this guy, and he hadn't experienced anything. And I said, I said, here, man, like let's practice, okay? We're gonna practice. I said, I said, Father, show him exactly what he's gonna see right in front of, on the right on Gay Street here. We have uh, Downtown Grill and Brewery right there. I said, show him what he's gonna see right in front of Downtown Grill and Brewery. Now, and I looked at this guy, and I said, now, I want you to. Imagine that right in front, like see it in your mind, the clearest picture you can you can picture of it. And he said, okay. I said, now, 
is anybody in front of it? And I was like, just whatever he puts in your mind, you you have to receive that. Like, because we prayed on it, it's it's there, it's available. And he said, well, uh, yeah, you see, it's like an old man. I said, what's his hair look like? He said, he said, well, he's bald on top, just little like little sh- short around the sides. And so we turn the corner, we walk to Gay Street, and we start walking. And you can see Downtown Grill pretty far off. Yeah. Nobody's in front of it. But as we get closer, this family walks right out of the place next door to it. And right with them is this older man, white hair, bald on top, just a little bit of hair around the sides. And right as we get right in front of downtown, he kind of pauses and stops right in front of downtown Grill and Brew. Stops there. And I'm like, from me to you, bro. And he's right next to me. And we're walking out. I looked at him. I was like, I was pointing at the sign up (laughs) and like pointing to him. And his whole family's like walked on past him. But he's standing like stationary in front of this thing. And I was like, do you see? (laughs) And he was like, I was was like, he's like, what do you, what do I do? What do I do? And I was like, you talk to him. Like you go, you move because this is a guy that God wants you to connect to. Yeah. And and he said, well, will you go with me? And so I go with him and uh, we ended up just talking to this guy and it was just such a blessing because you don't know why God's sending you always. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we have preconceived notion that God wants to like save this person or that, but a lot of times he wants to encourage that person and you, you're a lot of part of it too. And um, so we connect with this guy and he's talking and he's super nervous. And this guy looks at me and goes, Hey, you know what? Uh, I was actually reached on the street when I was 19 years old. Somebody walked up to me and shared with me the verse, uh, if you lose your life, you'll find it. And he said, that weighed so heavy on me, it ended up leading me to Jesus. And uh, and then he was like, man, thank you so much for this. But I think it was just as much encouraging for him, just a prayer for him and this guy have this encounter as it was this guy to share his story that like, this thing you are doing is what reached me when I was 19. Wow. Yo, thank you. And then he was like, went on his way, but he was like, I found 50 years later that that verse is true. You know, he yeah. was just like on fire. This fruit, fruit of what you're yeah. doing right now, mm-hmm. listening to the Spirit. And just watching following. this guy 50 years later be like, yo, it changed my life. And I realized it's all true. You know, and it was just so, I mean, it was so incredible. And that's this what that guy needed. Yeah. That, yeah. It was with you that it had was not with experienced you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was, just, that's what he, he texted me later. And he was like, bro, thank you so much for pushing me like that. That's because it. I didn't. I just wasn't ready tonight. I felt like I wasn't there and I wasn't, it wasn't available to me. It was for you guys, but it wasn't for me. And uh, just helping him experience the grace of God like really wrecked his yeah. life in the best kind of way. But yeah, that's last night. So God loves yeah. us so yeah. much. So much. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah bro. That's awesome. That's, that's so awesome. Cool. I love it. I love it. So there's obviously, you know, you're you're planning a church. Um, you're part of whatever that even means right now in 2021, mm-hmm. because I think we've defined it too many times, and God's redefining it again for us. Um, and so I'm I'm so excited just to know you and yeah. to see what God's going to do through you and, and others in our community like that um, who are just saying, God, what next? There we go. I'm yeah. not. It's not based on my preconceived notions or the book I read. Or the seminary I went to or didn't go to. or mm-hmm. But God, just what next? Yeah. I, I'm going to listen as much as I'm asking mm-hmm. um, and, and be willing to step out. That's awesome. So tell me, what is um, what do you see things like uh, over the next few years, five years? Like, is Jay Smith got the five-year plan in scope <laughs> with, no, you know, it's just leading one day at a time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I know I know a little bit. We've gotten to talk and yeah. know each other better, but what's, yeah. that, what's that look like? Man, I, yeah, you could probably imagine the way I'm, 
kind of a little bit more wired toward just like, hey, well, God, whatever. I don't really know. <laughs> you know, I'm open to whatever, but I don't know. And in five years, like, I, I think I would have kind of had a better answer before COVID, but COVID really, honestly, it really did show me how fleeting it is to say something like that. And I'd love to be able to be like, yo, this is how, you, this is what's going to happen in five years. And I see the church moving in this way, but like, yo, I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I would like to, and what I've seen be really beautiful in this season is a, a hunger for deep relationship, an authentic like experience of God like this, we're walking yeah. the street, and not just singing songs, but I want to give you a reason to sing. When you experience the grace of God in the way that that guy did on the street, I promise you, come to that next worship service a little bit more thankful because you're like, yo, God, the King is real. He is real. And not just real, he, like, he loves me. He hears me, my prayer, like he values, cares for me, loves me in this way intimately. And so it reshapes how we sing, you know, when we're stepping into this authentic relationship with each other and with the King. Um, so That's so good. I love the house church movement right now. Like I love what's happening. My own neighbors were reached during COVID because they decided to come to my home and we're doing like, worship, prayer, just opening the word together, sharing meals. And my neighbors who are not believers come over, end up getting baptized at our church like a few months ago. Uh, but that all happens That's through awesome. just just the real relationship and just like being real people. And um, I, so I'm, I'm very excited about that shift in the church today. I think that is coming, not just in the church, but in culture. I think there's a longing for relationship, but I also think there's also, the other side of it to where COVID has really shifted people to that place of, uh, how do you say it, uh, like not aloneness. What's the, what's the word? Like where they like get kind of pushed alone. Like it's isolation. Just isolation. That's what I'm looking for. There's a lot of like isolation right now. And so I also see that other side of it to where there's a deep need for yeah. relationships somehow. And then the connectivity through podcasts like this, connectivity through our, our video outlets, you know, however we're doing that, but just being able to project yeah. a, a message that is actually reaching uh, the world today. So that's what I'm seeing. That's but awesome. I don't know, man. We're, uh, we're revamping all of the way we do our community groups as well to not just be inward, but to be outward, to be up and out. And so to mm -hmm. keep that rhythm, that's kind of our new thing. But, man, I, I don't know. I, that's why I could just kind of scatter, speak about it because it's there's so much in it. But I don't really know. In five years, what will I be doing? I don't know. Hopefully whatever the Lord is saying next. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I, I pray that there's an army walking the street, man. Like, Come on. I'm finding as I walk the street, I'm just sharing the gospel. And, and I'm like, have you ever heard this? And people are like, no. This is Knoxville. Yeah. Or... Not the way you've said, not the way you're telling me. Yeah. And, um, or I had one guy, he said, Oh, yeah, yeah, I know God. I know God. And I said, I said, I paused and I'm like, Do you know Jesus? And he said, Well, I, I don't know much about Jesus. I'm like, What are we all like? What is the, what's the message? Like, what is, what have people attached themselves to? But there's a God and, and everybody is connecting to a God or a deeper sense of spirituality. But, like the person of Jesus, I don't know about that one. Yeah, and so I just find the deep need for that message of power, yeah. which is you know Romans is saying like I'm not ashamed of the power of God or the gospel because it's the power of God. The gospel, the good news, is actually the power that like breaks open the the prison doors of our life. And so when I'm sharing this message, you can literally watch the chains fall. You can watch the complexion of faces change when they realize that good news is available to them. Yeah. You know? And it's just not something that I think a lot of people have really 
been aware of. Yeah. Really don't. So. Man, God's been challenging us here at Kiko in just doubling down in our relationships. Um, you know, part of the way we are modeled is with visitation every week, every community um, that we're in, which is currently 10 plus our teenagers that we follow up with and work with. But it's it's a door-to-door, mm-hmm. and it's a consistency because we recognize it's in those moments that the real ministry gets to happen. Mm-hmm. We had a lady last Thursday on a visitation who had just attempted to commit suicide, was losing her kids in this process, break down in tears across from a visitation for Sunday school, and come to Jesus, mm-hmm. is on a path to, we believe, deliverance, we're praying for her every day, um, ends up being a cousin of one of our staff members here, just all this stuff. And we're like, we imagine a city of people that just mobilized to their community and went in there and said, God, who are you wanting me to speak to today? Who is it that you want to touch? And it is encouraging to us, but if we began to just see the church operate in that in that role again and fill those spaces, because right now, the, you know, the communities we're in are really hurting, but the church plays a key part if we'll respond in this way. Mm-hmm. Just walking those, those neighborhoods and communities, building relationships, loving, and then spirit-infused opportunities. Oh, yeah. That's it. And Imagine the, a city. Oh yeah, that that was happening. I think that's connected to like believing that your father hears you in prayer. Like, really, do we believe? Do we believe that? And if you begin to believe that, as the scriptures invite us to believe it, I believe we will experience those mir- miracles that yeah. we're talking about. It's just, but prayer is everything. It is the ministry of the church. It it's is. It. It's not it's the it. last one. It is the ministry of the church. And, and you know where this is needed, Jay? Everywhere from Fox Den to Walter P. and the oh, communities yeah. around Austin. This is needed everywhere because we all yeah. need to hear from God. Yeah, And absolutely. we all, I hate the words that we use right now as far as, you know, um, mobilizing and elevating people in poverty. I'm like, what the heck is poverty? We are all impoverished. <laughs> It, it yeah I get it that you know there's economic poverty and that's typically what we mean is is what someone maybe physically needs, but socially and emotional poverty is wrecking havoc in our nation everywhere. Yeah, regardless of what your means are. Yeah. Now, do we still f- you know see justice in these other areas? Absolutely, sure. Don't hear me discount that. Yeah, but. <laughs> The spiritual impoverishment does not get the focus that the church should be putting on it right now. Right. Um, that's where we should see justice bringing restoration, yeah. um, and every other area as well. Yeah, and every other area. But yeah, man. That's right. So it's from that heart that, like, that whole heart. When you're saying, like, I'm not. If once I once I am redeemed, I'm made whole. Then I actually have something to bring to somebody else to help them step into that. As you step into that. I, I actually believe that some of those other things like economic prosperity mm-hmm. does follow. Those principles are created by that whole wholeness of heart mm-hmm. because you desire to serve people. And, and we see that modeled in Jesus's life. He's That's like, it. you know, go give, go give to the poor. The early church is saying like, hey, don't forsake giving to the poor. Just make sure that that's not what you forsake. So go, go yeah. give to them. But it's from the heart that is, is whole or made whole, you know? It's not looking to be made whole by doing these things. Yeah. It isn't that. But it's because we're whole, this is what we do. Then we do this and invite you to be whole to yeah. be doing this, you know, yeah. and all those things working together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what would you uh, go back and tell? I don't know if it would be your 22-year-old self or maybe your 25-year-old oh self or not even the 19-year-old <laughs> self, but what would you want to go back with what God has taught you up to this point and, and tell him? 
little J? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, man, I, yeah, shoo. And don't forget that God's got it. Like I, I think that's one big thing that just rings. That's so simple, but um, God's got this, and uh, you can trust Him, and uh, He loves you in every season. Like don't forget it, hmm. and that'll be the fuel that carries you through everything. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's it. <laughs> as simple as it is, man. I think that's what I would tell myself and uh, probably keep going because that, that road is a beast. Yeah. And um, when you get out, I, I got just really away from the fact that God was with me and loved me and was for me. Like I, I just really missed that. I forgot. Yeah. I got into some performance-based things, those metrics of performance that just kill your soul. Like yeah. <laughs> it was just dead inside. And uh, I just had forgotten. And I was fighting for the love of God versus living from it, you know. Yeah. And so I—that's probably the the biggest area that really was challenged. I mean, and that that fueled into my marriage, that fueled into the way I parented. That was how I was a friend and a coworker. And so I would just say, yeah, that that probably is the the biggest advice I can give myself at 22. Just remember, God loves you and He's with you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Simple man. as that is. And yeah. how that works out into every other area. And it really is. so powerful. Man. Yeah. Uh, man, Jay, it's been a privilege. I know you could probably, uh, I, w- I would love to just hear more and more stories, but man, I want to encourage folks that are local to go uh, check out what God's doing at Midtown and um, maybe come alongside a Tuesday uh, yeah, night prayer man. walk. And uh, yeah, those that are outside, get on uh, midtownknox.com. Is that right? Dot org. Yeah. Dot org. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. O-R-G. Yeah. Midtown Knox. We'll have all those links in the description. But again, yeah. we just want to thank you coming Thanks, on man. and sharing That's an honor. some real vulnerable stuff. And yeah. um, man, we just love love it when people are authentic and can uh, just be real. Yeah, really appreciate you. That's it. Awesome. Well, till next time, uh, we hope to hear from you guys. Hope you've enjoyed another episode of Coffee and Conversations. And we'll roll out.